But yeah, I mean, like you were saying, I mean, there's just so many of those races in it. Yeah. And, and I agree. I think it's like having, you know, a few sprinkles of top riders come to some of those more local races is what kind of keeps the gravel That's probably the spirit going. of gravel. There's one spirit is to try the race. Like it's to really go to the races to kind of explore what the race is about. And races, race the race how you want to race it. I don't care. But like, I think that's what's cool about gra- like gravel. Like from road, I'm really missing the, the team aspect. But I feel like that team aspect is kind of replaced by how unique are all the, the places I get to visit and all the events. Like it doesn't get boring. What up, party people? This week's show is a bit of a doozy as the whole thing was recorded in person. Normally, we record these episodes from remote locations, so doing things in person complicates the audio setup a little bit, so bear with us. We kick back with Ashton Lambie and Adam Reberge of the Jukebox Gravel Squad and talk BWR Kansas, Big Sugar, and the Spirit of Gravel. If you have any questions or feedback for the show, find us on the Instagram at Scott McGill Jr., Dylan Johnson, Adam Saving Six. All right, let's get this Bonk Rose party started. All right, man, dude, back at it again. Yeah, live podcast. Yeah, again, not live for the listeners, but we we're in person, looking at physically looking at each other. Yeah. So I don't know if our listeners know this, but Dylan and I have only met in person three times. Mm-hmm. First was Leadville for like five minutes after the race. Yep. Then we stayed together at Schramm again, and now mm-hmm. here we are, Big Sugar. Yep. Making it happen. Yeah. So we've we're, we've got at least one guest on the show today. Maybe one or two more are going to pop in. But right now, I am at the Jukebox Team House. So we got mm-hmm. Dylan here. You want to introduce yourself? I'm Ashton Lambie. Yep. Also on Jukebox. Also on Jukebox. And we'll see if anyone else comes on. But yeah, yeah. we're here two days before Big Sugar. Get, we're trying to get Adam Roberge on here for to talk some, some gravel beef from uh, BWR. He seems reluctant to talk about it, though. We'll see. <laughs> he's going to spend all night fixing that tire. <laughs> I think he is. I think I he is, he's, he's He's fixing his tire for Big Sugar right now, so he might spend the entire podcast so, doing that. We'll see. So have you been to Benville before this? Yeah. I actually came to Benville uh, with my partner, now fiance, Christina Birch. Okay. Uh, to learn how to mountain bike. Oh. At the beginning of the season, right before uh, Sea Otter. Okay. Six. Like, did you, like, take some skills classes or something, or you just no. go ride trails? I mean, like, I kind of knew how to mountain bike. I just follow. She's a really good bike handler. Okay. Um, like, multi-time cross-national champ. Like, fucking good. Okay. And so I just followed her around for, like, five days. And that's your yeah. fiancé? Yep. Is she here this weekend? Nope. She's working. Okay. What does she do? She's an astronaut. She's an astronaut. Yep. And yep. she's a sick bike handler. She flew her jet over me while i was riding today what yeah dude that yeah not even kidding wait so for astronaut training they get to fly jets like fighter jets yeah it's like yeah so they fly it's like a t-38 is the model it's like a a training jet multi-engine supersonic jet um so they get to practice you know like aerial maneuvers they get to practice uh communications navigation all under like high stress sort of task saturated environments okay how long has she been a pilot 
Um, well, she just started working for NASA uh, January this year. And that was the first she'd never flown planes before that? No. no. Oh, dude. So, so she went. So she, in ten months, she's already flying fighter jets. Well, she's not like flying, like taking off and landing. And I feel like fighter jet is a little bit of a stretch. <laughs> like they're they're training jets. Training jets. Okay. Yeah. Um, they don't have like guns or missiles or anything. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Um, but I mean, they're like pretty rapid little jets. Yeah. You know. Yeah. She gets around pretty quick, dude. That's so cool. So, I didn't. I didn't realize that. I mean, I guess it makes sense. Like astronauts are pilots in their own right. They're just piloting inner space vehicles, right? It's yeah, one, it's one way to think about that it. is one way to think about it. I mean, it's a lot harder to pilot in space, and it's also like quite different. Sure, mm-hmm. but there's still there's so still, there's still there's navigation. There's new yeah, there's still, still navigation involved. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. So this is this is like a little bit of a uh, a big sugar preview episode, I would say. Yeah. And you you've probably seen the most of the course out of anyone at this point. What are, what are you what are your thoughts on the course? It's pretty rowdy. Uh, when I was here in the spring, um, we didn't actually ride any gravel. We just rode mountain bike trails. Yeah. Um, and so I, you know, I'm kind uh, of bummed I didn't bring my mountain bike. To be honest, there's a lot of. I am too. Are, are, we, I mean, not, are just, we not allowed to talk about the fact that you brought your mountain bike? Well, I did. Yeah, we are going to talk about <laughs> that. But, <laughs> I mean, you could ride that on the mountain bike trails, but like I hit mountain bike trails yesterday on my gravel bike and yeah. broke a spoke. Yeah. yeah. So like yeah, yeah. you do run that risk. Yeah. So when you say rowdy though, um, like from what I could tell, like I haven't ridden, I've never ridden gravel down here either. Like whenever I've come down here, yeah. it's like my fourth or fifth year in a row I've come down here. It's always been for mountain biking. Um, so I've never ridden any of the gravel roads, but from what I can tell on the course, like looking on the map and stuff like that and reading some of the description, it's all on gravel roads, right? Like there's no yeah. like single track or like, no, I mean, well, two, I, two track or anything like that. Like it's all established gravel roads. Yeah. Yeah. So why is it rowdy? Like how, how is it, how come it's so rowdy? Cause I've heard that a few people talk about that. It's like, it's really irregularly sized, loose, chunky gravel. So it'll go like, it's really inconsistent where it's like, you know, one section might just be like these huge boulders and they're like on top of this, like really fine powder layer. Um, and it's like, you know, you're just dive bombing up and down all these little hills and valleys. What you got something to go. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like you're riding on marbles. Honestly, yeah. the gravel is so loose here. There's going to be crashes for sure. Cause it's, it's like these big chunky rocks that kind of float to the top. And then the substrate is this like really fine limestone powder. Huh. And so there's no, like, there's no bedrock underneath for everything to sit on. Sure. And then on top of that, I mean, I feel like you could get away with that if the roads were just dead straight. Straight, yeah. Um, but, I mean, I, I got off, like, on one of the corners today and had to walk because it was, like, it was an uphill and then it was, like, an acute, like, past 90-degree right-hand turn. Also, that, that turn was off camber and then it was, like, going up an even steeper incline. And it was – the whole thing was just, like, I'm going up powder. and like. So you had to walk because you couldn't get traction? Yeah. I couldn't get traction. Like I could barely make the turn and then I made the turn and then like my rear wheel slid out and I was like, okay, well I got unclipped. I'm going to fall over. Like, Mm -hmm. dude, I almost threw my hardtail in the car this morning. Cause I was like, (laughs) ah, you know, you should have, yeah. Well, and then it would have been more fun too. Cause then I could have been single track. Yeah. The mountain bike trails here. It like felt so unnatural to pack my car and not bring a mountain bike. You should have brought the mountain bike, dude. 
I had room for it, yeah. too. I thought about it. I really wish I would have. Yeah. I yeah. just was like, I was like, if I bring the mountain bike, it's just going to be one more decision I'll have to make. So, like, whatever, I'll just ride my gravel bike. But, like, yeah. everyone talks about flat tires from years past. And, and I've raced, um, I think, four times. They had, like, the Epic Rides Oz Trail Off-Road here, which is, like, a 50-mile mountain bike race. Yeah. Um, the first year, I had six flats. Second year, I had two flats. The last year, I used like finally smarted up and used some super beefy tires and didn't have any flats last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've never flatted like anywhere else in any racing ever. Yeah, it's, I like, mean, only down here. Last year, last year, you know, Adam, we need to get Adam on here, but he was saying he didn't attack once to win the race. He just was the last man standing that didn't flat. So why is he messing with his tires now? Shouldn't he know yeah. what his tires? <laughs> this is the be? magic. This is the magic. <laughs> I, I didn't get any flats today. <clears throat> yeah. What what tires were you on? The forty seven mil Torino zeros. Yeah, I love those tires. Uh-huh. I also think running the Zip one on ones. I think that helps. Mm-hmm. This like, they're, that they're moto ones. Yep, they're yeah. the gravel moto version, and I think that little bit of flexion, like even when you hit rocks and stuff, like I think what would normally like that uh, deflection would go straight to the tire. And I think that's where you could cut a tire if it's mm-hmm. like a, against a rigid wall or like a rigid support. Yeah. If that support flexes a little bit, it's a little bit less load on the tire. Okay. Yeah. I could see that. So you rode, you know, what you, you know, most of the course today, pre-riding, uh, how long did it take? I rode, it was like 91 miles and it took me like five and a half hours. Okay, so it's not fast gravel either. No, it's quite slow gravel. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, if you're just going along at zone two pace, your average speed is probably going to be like less than 15 miles Jeez, an hour. Yeah. I feel so like I was slow. I was on the gas pretty good, and I was yeah. like, I was busting ass to do whatever. I mean, what would 90 miles for five and a half hours equate to? In, like 16 miles an hour yep, or something like that? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Thanks. And you're good with the quick so, math tonight. But, but Adam, yeah. so, so Adam won last year, mm-hmm. uh, and I looked at his time, and he was like just sub five hours. Yeah. Which, I mean, that seems – so like I thought that that was actually like not all that fast, like on paper. Because like, you yeah. know, 100 miles, you know, it's only like 7,000 feet of climbing, uh, you know, big group or whatever. You know, I figured twenty one and yeah. a half, twenty two. 22 at, it at sea level. It isn't that much climbing, Yeah. Because what's the total for the course? Like a little over 5,000 feet? I think it's like 7,000 oh. is what I saw. Or 60-some hundred. Yeah. Yeah. But still, like, I mean, for it's, 100 it's miles. Ro- like, it's not, rolling hills. But it's rolling, rolling hills. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. There's so not how, the long flat sections where you can really like carry that steady speed for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess it's true. Like you were saying, like with, with, with how windy the roads are too, um, like, you know, you're probably breaking on the descents more than you would if they were just, you know, flat rolling hills. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not a great descender, but I was, like, I was breaking a lot of those descents. Yeah. And they're also, like, blind corners, you know? If you're careening down a hill at, like, a 7% grade, you're going to gain speed really quick. And if you're, like, going around a corner, you're like, well, I don't know how tight this corner is. Like, this could be a really gradual corner, or it could be, you know, well past 90. Yeah. I, you just don't know, because you yeah. can't see. Yeah. You also don't know if there's, like, a redneck in a truck, like, right, or right also around. that, yeah. <laughs> We stopped at the uh, Red Mule Barn and uh, for me I'm, when I met Alexi today, and there was a guy in the gas station that was like, "Yeah, I've already drank a fifth of Fireball today," and I was like, 
Oh, that's why we be careful. That's <laughs> yeah. why we're careful on these breaths. Yeah. What, what time in the day was this? Two. <laughs> yeah. Dude, just sounds about right. I mean, <laughs> you want to you want a day drink? You got to start it start in the morning. Uh-huh. Yeah. I I was riding on some roads and it said no trespassing, and I was like, this is part of the race. <laughs> That was why I did the sweet tooth course because they took out all the uh, the private sector roads. Yeah. Oh, there are private well, this sector w- roads. This yeah. Was, yeah. 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 When I was pre riding, I wasn't on private sector roads. There just there were just signs that said no trespassing. Wait, so on the side of the road? Mm-hmm. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, you yeah. just can't just, deviate off yeah. the road. Mm-hmm. Do they not have that down in North Carolina? I don't. Yeah, maybe they do. <laughs> I would also <laughs> add the purple paint. If you see that on fence posts, that is also legally. An accepted no trespassing sign. Same thing in Kansas. I learned that when I lived there. What, what do you mean? Absolutely what do you no mean idea. Purple but paint. Like, does people, it say no trespassing no, in purple, people or just, just paint things purple? Really? So you like, have to know that purple means like a K State shade of purple. Okay. And that is like legally accepted as no trespass. It's the same as a no trespassing sign. Really? Fences, gates, trees, whatever. Anything okay. painted purple is a no trespassing sign. That's good to know. That is really good to know. Yeah. Mm. So you, uh, like you wrote a bunch, like, cause you guys used to be in, was it like Omaha area? I grew up in Lincoln. Yeah. Lincoln. Okay. Lincoln, yeah. Lincoln. So you've ridden like that gravel down there. Like I, I usually, like I consider that to be like real gravel where it's like proper, properly sized stones. You're not on like bougie boulder dirt roads. Right. It's like, you know, they're, they're like lumpy rocks. It depends on who you ask, but yeah, I would say Nebraska's got pretty nice gravel. Yeah. So here you're saying it's like more variable in size. Like you said, you said there were like, sometimes there was like big stones underneath yeah. the surface. I saw some, I saw some rocks today that were like, if you would hit those, you would have like broken your wheel for sure. Or oh. crashed. There's a, there's a lot of those out there. Yeah. 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 Hmm. I think that's kind of like a Arkansas, Missouri thing. I remember doing a race in Missouri several years ago and somebody, the guy I was riding with at the time, like pointed, you know, pointed out a rock and I was like, Dude, we're on a gravel road. Like, there's all <laughs> sorts of stuff. You don't gotta do that. And, yeah, and then it was like we crossed, we passed a rock that was like the size of a loaf of bread, and I was like, Whoa. "Oh, okay, cool. That's uh-huh. where we're at. Thanks, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, huh. which is like, I feel like that's the kind of stuff you'd see down here. Yeah, and, and it's gonna be during the race. The thing is, like, you're gonna be in a pack, and you're not gonna see these massive boulders coming. And the other thing is it's pretty dusty right now. Yeah, it is really so gonna, dusty. Which is going to hurt visibility. Dude, driving on the highway, like anytime there was a truck driving on like the service road next to it, like the frontage road, it was like the, you couldn't even see on the highway. It was so dusty. Yeah. I got passed by a FedEx truck today and I was like, oh. dude, I didn't know what a frontage road was until I went to Texas. We call them feeder roads down there. <laughs> A frontage road, for people who don't know, is just a road that parallels the highway for some reason. Yeah. We don't have those in North Carolina. It's like an extra lane on the highway. That way the highway goes faster. It's yeah. Easier to and you see all the, all the, um, the, like where the trucks just blasted through the grass to get onto the frontage road. Like if there's traffic or something. Yeah. 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 It happens. Yeah. I was like, why are there so many roads called frontage road in Texas? And I was like, oh, they all parallel the highway. <laughs> learn something new every time you go to texas it's true yeah so okay so let's talk about the race a little bit here so there's a nine mile neutral rollout yeah have you guys so have you guys ridden the start what is like that first gravel sector like wait it's gonna be super gnarly wait 
is does the neutral rollout continue onto the gravel or it's like once you hit the gravel it's not neutral anymore once you hit the gravel it's game on yeah okay. so the whole road is neutral so all the road all the road until you hit gravel is neutral Man, that is a long neutral rollout yeah you guys are going to be behind a car for like 20 minutes it'll yeah. be fast I bet, yeah. I bet like the 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 car will probably be going 25 hmm. so it won't be neutral but but it, there, there'll still be a pack together for sure. I bet that you first we hit that sector. first gravel section and attacks are just going to start flying. I don't think people are going to wait I in think this race. the gravel in between like the end of the neutral rollout and the first feed could be pretty decisive. It's like... Because it's very chunky in that very section. Very chunky and it's, a, I would say, a pretty technical course. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so here's here is what I was going to say. Is it is it worth considering letting a front group go... No, I think this is, I think here's what I think. I think that this is a race where, uh, there isn't going to be a breakaway. It's just going to be people dropping off the back constantly, either because they have a mechanical or they can't hold on. Yeah. You know what I mean? But there's also like with, with what it sounds like with the, you know, the technicality of the course and the conditions being super dusty, I think it's going to be a super hard fight for people to try and stay at the front. Like everyone's going to want to be at the front. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. Top 10 wheels are going to be like a madhouse to try and stay. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're not in top 10 wheels, like it's going to be pretty chaotic. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be, I think there's going to be a lot of crashes. I think there's going to be a lot of flat tires. Um, I don't know. I think if you can, if you can, it's one of those races where if you can make it to the finish line, and just having ridden a clean race, meaning you didn't get a flat or crash, you're going to be surprised by how well you do. Totally. You know I, I agree. Mean? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's kind of my thinking. So that's kind of what I was saying is like, for me, I was kind of thinking if I'm not sitting top 10 wheels going into that first gravel sector, I might be a little bit hesitant to try and stick with the, the front group Yeah, and be kind of worried about getting caught up in some scrum and like maybe being in this chase group, like the front of the chase group might be a better position to start off with and just hope you're picking off people along the way. Sure. I don't know. It's tough to say. I mean, you're pretty much guaranteed to give away the race at that point, I guess. Yeah. Depends on what your goal is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So, I don't know. Okay. I'm sure quarterbacking at this point. I'm not fucking clear. <laughs> <laughs> Those both sound good. They both yeah. sound like valuable. I mean, like my goal, yeah. like like for me, like a good race for me would be like top twenty. Mm-hmm. So like I don't. I mean, I'm not going to sniff the front of the race, regardless. Yeah. Also, okay. apparently, there's like five quick step guys here. That's the rumor. There were there were also Did they have startless. I don't know. There wasn't a start list know. or anything, and and I I'm kind of surprised. Like, if there are five quick step guys here, like why? lifetime or big sugar hasn't announced something like that yet like when when those guys showed up at that's true uh can't remember what race they came to last year maybe it was like bwr bwr something like that like there was a ton of publicity about it beforehand sure like remco i I would just i i could see it happening because i could see specialized really wanting someone to win on their new diverge that they just released Win a win a gravel big gravel race on that bike because it yeah. would obviously help sales a lot if they. Did I mean, that. if I'm their their factory riders though, their domestic factory riders, I'd be a little. You're not riding that bike. 
Well, no, I would just, I'd be a little jaded by the fact that they don't believe that they could win the race. Sure. Do you think they're, do you think they're making their riders ride that bike this weekend? I honestly have no idea how that works. Would you ride that bike this weekend? For those who haven't seen it, this bike is a sort of a full suspension gravel bike, but it's the it's a full size gravel. The, yeah. the front suspension is in the head tube and the rear suspension is on the seat post sort of it's like in the junction it's like, it's like a floating the, seat post it's in the junction of the top tube and the seat post so i'd be curious how much it weighs mm-hmm. yeah i didn't i don't yeah, i don't know how much it weighs the normal diverge is super heavy though like the s works like top of the line normal diverge is still like over 18 pounds so it's like yeah, pretty it's beefy pretty to begin with yeah yeah um, would I ride? I, I probably would. Yeah. Cause my gravel bike's not anything super no, nice. No, if so. you had, if you had the choice between <laughs> the crux and oh, the no, new I would, diverge, I would, I would ride the crux for sure. You'd ride the crux. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So what are you riding? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, so I brought both my, uh, Astro gravel bike, which is the aero gravel bike, and I brought my hardtail, uh, the factory Lando. And the hardtail is set up like a Franken bike right now. It's got the drop bars and it's got a Fox gravel fork, which like drops the drops the front end a lot. Um, and it actually puts the head angle kind of in line with a typical gravel bike, and it makes the bike feel more like a typical gravel bike. It also makes the uh the seat angle way steeper which is kind of a good thing for me because i always slam my seat as far forward as it can possibly be but with this setup i can put it in the middle of the rails but anyway um wait so at schwamigan because it's the same bike you rode at schwamigan but you're saying mm-hmm. so at schwamigan though you didn't did you have the mountain bike fork on it yeah okay so now yeah. you've got and how much travels on the, on the gravel fork 40 40 okay yeah. But it's not a travel thing. It's axle to crown. Right. Yeah. Is lower or shorter? A lot. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like more than sixty mil. You're saying probably eighty to hundred. Yeah. Wow, okay. It's it's a it's a substantial drop. Dude, that is a lot. Yep. It's an insane amount. Hmm. Yep. So and <laughs> and I've got <laughs> so <laughs> Alexi Vermeulen's putting on a show over here for us. A little striptease action. <laughs> so um and i've got normal mountain bike tires on it 2.2 uh conti race kings so i i tested this bike setup versus my gravel bike on a sector of the course and it wasn't even like a super chunky sector of the course it was just i would say a kind of mild or section section of the course and i went up a hill and then down and the results are that the mountain bike is faster, both up and down. It was like five minutes to climb on the gravel bike, and it was four and a half minutes to climb on the mountain bike. And then coming back down, it was like 2.02 on the mountain bike and 2.07 on the gravel bike. Whoa, so that's crazy. So you would think that the mountain bike would blow away the gravel bike on the descent but it was actually the opposite well i i was putting out these the same power and the speed is obviously way higher on the descent and my that gravel bike is way more aerodynamic than the mountain bike both because of the fork and because of the frame 
Okay. And because of the tires and the handlebars, the whole thing. Yeah. Is your position the same on both? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I got, I got, it's, I mean, it's not exactly the same, but I got them pretty close. That's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm riding the mountain bike. Okay. So why don't we ask a uh, former champion yeah. of the race if what what his thoughts are on riding a mountain bike on Saturday? He's still the current champion, right? <laughs> I, was, you ran, I am. You were last year current champion. Okay, right. Current yeah. champion. <laughs> um, I just feel that mountain bike will be very bad at the end. That's my that's only true. thing. It's like six miles of road at the finish. Yeah, all so, the way to the finish. Like yeah. there's no gravel. And there's that big uphill. Yeah, there's yeah. It's kind of too uphill in asphalt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but I haven't made it to the finish of a lifetime Grand Prix race with the lead group yet. So I'm not going to plan. <laughs> I'm not going to plan my race around that. I'm going to plan my race around hoping the to get majority to that point. of the course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hoping to get to that. Point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Other than that, I think it's a good idea. Um, it's yeah. I didn't remember it was that chunky. I went pre ride the first half, uh, and it was. Uh, even by myself, I felt like I almost lost the bike two times because it's too loose. Um, I almost put my feet on the floor like Ashton did <laughs> on the uphill. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, what'd you do to those tires in there, bud? What? What were you doing with the tires? What did I do with the tires? Oh, I was putting the tires on. What do you mean? What have you, where have you been for the last 20 <laughs> oh, minutes, yeah. pal? I was um, putting more sealant in my tires and put it, uh, putting a Wax chain by silk. Oh, <laughs> yeah, shameless plug there. <laughs> what what, uh, what tires are you planning to run for the race? The, the, probably the Pirelli's forty five. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a good move. That's I've good. I've told him all weekend he's going to flat. So we'll see if. That's so that's it. what I was going to ask. So so after winning last year, like looking back, was there anything that you would have changed, or like that you're changing this year? Like, did you, did you feel like your setup was dialed last year or do you feel like anything could have still happened? Yeah, I think last year my setup was perfect. Okay. Um, yeah, this year, um, yeah, I, I think I, I wouldn't change anything that I had last year. I think it was a perfect setup. Okay. Yeah. Do you do you have wow, push cores? Old move. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think it was perfect. Man, man. That's good, man. That's good. I'm not criticizing that. It's good to have that level do you, of certainty. Do you have push cores in your tires? I don't know if I will say that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> dang. That means he does. 100%. <laughs> if he did, if I he would tell us. <laughs> no, I don't. What? Yeah, he does. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan's going to be out there, like, feeling Adam's tires tonight. <laughs> Looking at my tires. <laughs> I, I already know I have the fastest bike. For this weekend it's just i you know i'm obviously not the fastest rider so <laughs> I, i'm not i'm not convinced though mm-hmm. what do you think about the coming back with that bike because i man, all all the way back i feel like i was going like over 40k an hour like all the time on the, on the gravel? Yeah. I, I think if it is if it is not a paved section of the course, I think my bike is faster. Oh, yeah. If it's paved, then the gravel <laughs> bike is faster. Yeah, but... Which is... Yeah, and there's like 20... It said 25 miles of, of pavement. But nine of that is neutral at the beginning. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, but... 
and all of the rest. I mean, like I said, it's not. It'll be. It's neutral, but I mean, it won't it's be neutral, neutral. But neutral. you still have to pedal it, right? right? No, not really. Yeah. No, you'll see, man. There's a lot of downhill, and the car doesn't go fast. Oh. You sure? But from last year. Okay. I don't know. If Dude, whenever I've done the mountain bike races down here, the, I mean, the neutral is like pretty. I mean, it's on a mountain bike too, though. So like, like twenty miles an hour in a mountain bike fast, is cruising. I, last year it was not. Okay. When people get dropped in the neutral, it's a perfect neutral because it's not sketchy. For a Hila, that's a good point. I agree. Actually. Yeah. I I I'd rather the neutral be a little faster. Yeah, for a Hila, they would start us. So my first UCI race ever was through a Hila. Um, they start you on the like three k climb or something, and you have to like push at least like at my weight like four hundred to just stay in their neutral. <laughs> and I was climbing, and I was climbing, and I was like, I'm just gonna stop cycling. I'm not. I'm not. So they're never doing this again. So the neutral rollout was 400 watts. Yeah, required. like it, it's like 10 minutes at 400. Like what? people were getting dropped in the car. That's map. unreal. Yeah, I did the the rift in Iceland was like that this year too. <laughs> <laughs> it was like we 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 blew out of town and the truck was driving <laughs> like like probably 50k an hour and you're just like, yeah. I, what there's no way we're going to be able to make it all the way to the climb with this. <laughs> I feel like it just depends which driver you you get. To yeah. Have. But yeah. it worked. I, I agree with you. It worked out well because then, like, it kind of just separates the race out. Yeah. But the like the road is still protected. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. So and and it's it is mass start, right? Mm. Like we don't have a separate start time or anything. No. Okay. Did they do call ups and stuff last year, or was it just to get there super early to get on the line? I I didn't get that you called up last year. Um, I mean, well, this year is the current. I was going to say, yeah, well, nobody knew who you were last year. No, I, I hope. Know. I hope they're gonna. They, they haven't done call-ups for any of the lifetime races. Like it's all just. That's true. Get to the line. Let's go early. Yeah, you're right <laughs> yeah. because at Unbound, I was like very far, very yeah. far back. Oh yeah, they did actually. <laughs> actually, <laughs> I think they did a call-up at Unbound. Now that I VP told us not to call up me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. So has has Pete done anything else recently that you'd like to talk about? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, the gravel beef! I love it. Yeah, Dylan's always trying to start some gravel beef, or at least at least get the gravel beef out. No, dude, I leave that to Pete. <laughs> yeah. Pete Pete's good at it. Like he he's got he's got his system dialed. You know. Yeah, it's part of his brand. But he has also the voice with Dylan. I think that's a big part of it. Having the platform. Yeah, I mean, that's one way to have beef is go public with it. Mm-hmm. So so you're coming off winning last week, mm-hmm. BWR Kansas. I heard that course was awesome. Yeah, it's honestly, it's perfect. The gravel riding, it, it was in Lawrence, right? Yeah. It's so good. It's, it it looked mean, awesome, yeah. The, yeah, I agree. It's an, It's incredible. Like you think in my head last year when I did it, that was like it's just gonna be dirt like unbound time, like no, part two. Way and I better. Was like, yeah, I was not excited for it at all, and it's yeah, it's so fast, it's amazing, and it's, they construct like three sector from scratch, pretty much that are like proper either like mountain bike trails or like cyclocross. Didn't you guys? You hit the river trails, right? Like, there's some mountain bike trails yeah. right next to the river. You can and you finish on, on the river trails. That's yeah. sick. It's Those are like yeah. classic Lawrence yeah. mountain bike trails. I mean, because they're a five minute ride from downtown Lawrence. It would be pretty boring on the mountain bike unless you're pushing it really hard. 
That's the but, only way you ride them. Yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But on a gravel bike, they're perfect because yeah. there is no roots, there is no rucks. It's just like, how much can I push the tires in the turn and not like lose it? Because it can get like, in the pre-ride, I lost the bike. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a fun course. Yeah, it looks sick. Yeah, it's honestly, it's, yeah. In terms of course, it's out there for the year. Yeah. So how the race play out? Um, it was really like, it was one of the most exciting race I ever did because uh, of all the, those sectors. So um, every time we would go out of them, it would just like be a drag race between like three groups. And mm -hmm. when they would all come back together, people will just continue attacking. Um, I've, I was in not the front group for a lot of those moves. And uh, it was just a matter of like, Am I okay letting it go or I want to bring everybody back? And sometimes I would just like attack like crazy and bridge up or just sometimes I would just let other people work and work with them and hope it's, it would come back. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a super fun race. Super, yeah. Super fun race. So it wasn't, it wasn't like you knew who was going to win for the entire race. It no, I had like, no idea. Yeah. yeah nobody was di different, different people in the front front group all the i mean it's it's still like it, it will, the thing with gravel is that you have some guys that are very good but the field is not as deep as road so mm -hmm. you kind of have a selective people that you're going to know are going to win and also because there's so few very good people it's easier for the very very good to isolate the guys that are just a little bit less strong yeah. um because i think a lot of guys that are just like a little bit below they could actually do better if they maybe played it a little bit smarter. Mm -hmm. um, because, yeah, I, f I think they feel there's a bigger difference in between them. and But, like, for example, um, Kerry and uh, Corey Wallace, Kerry Warner, like those two guys, they ride super good in cyclocross and technical stuff. But at one point, I was behind with them, and the four guys were in front with Pete and Nicholas Roach. Um, and Twitter guys and in my group the two guys that should have done the work would have just me, me and Brendan mm -hmm. because we're the guys that are in the second room that are the strongest it's not Corey and Kerry jobs to they can help us but they shouldn't do as much as us in my opinion because when Brendan attacked I was the only one following yeah but the thing is that they, if they're a little bit more smart even if we don't catch them this race has 20K of single track in the last 40K. Yeah. So if those two guys arrive with me in those single track, they beat me. Mm -hmm. So one of them is probably on the podium because they'll catch Nicholas Roach that cannot ride those technical sectors. So I think those, those guys, they, they could ride a little bit, uh, a little bit smarter, I guess. You but, gave them uh, a good plan for next year. <laughs> I'm old, yeah. I mean, <laughs> why not? <laughs> your car is better i guess yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah and so rebecca ferringer won the women's race right yeah yeah and she's a cyclocross well was a cyclocross racer so yeah. i mean it makes sense i mean it seems like it seemed like when i was watching like the the replay of the live feed or whatever it seemed like there'd be a group together then like out of that sector there'd be huge splits i mean mm -hmm. like it'd be like 20 people coming in and then it'd be like you know, s separations by like 20, 30 seconds between riders. Yeah, it would be like literally one by one, like going out of the sector, 30 yeah. second intervals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And that's awesome. I, I, I think more of that should be included in gravel. These, sure. these BWR races are really interesting. They, they try, <laughs> it's almost like they try to make it very hard to choose the right bike because either you're, you're, over biking or you're under biking like you feel like you never have the right bike for the course it's because there's so much road but then they also throw single track in like you know like as opposed to unbound where it's just the same thing for 200 miles it's like you're constantly on varying terrain in these bwr races yeah and it seemed like uh whoever built the uci world's course must have like taken notes from the BWR crew versus like the unbound crew because they kind of did the same thing. It was like just constantly mixed surface riding. So like you're always on a different terrain, uh, which I don't know. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's very cool, but I think if you don't consider California, I think there's no way you ride all the other Belgian waffle ride on, the on a road bike. bike. Yeah. I don't, because, I don't think a road bike is the best bike for BWR California either. And road bike won it every year. It doesn't matter, dude. They're wrong. <laughs> They're wrong. <about laughs> I don't know. Going up that last line on the, on the mountain bike, modified gravel. No, bike. no, 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 no. Not, <laughs> I'm not saying that's the fastest bike. I'm saying a gravel bike with like forties. I mean, Alexi won it this year on forties. It was 36. I no, dude, I no. talked to him in his 40s. I mean, if he was talking to us right now, he could tell us himself, but he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to create the beef. He what has race is this? BWR California? Alexi! We're, we're having one too. What? No, we need to know what tires you're running for BWR California. What size? 37s. You guys are both wrong. Measured yeah. 40s, bro. That's yeah, what but I was yeah, told, sir. 37 36. <laughs> They're, they're 37s. Thank you. <laughs> All right, but that is not a road. No, no. That is not a road tire. Yeah, but I think this year was maybe – was it harder? Dude, that downhill that downhill was insane. A, a full suspension mountain bike would have been the best bike for that downhill. Yeah, well, yeah I mean, but you have to consider that like that no one's cool. riding a full suspension mountain bike. So like it's no, sort of equalized know, yeah, because but. everyone's going to be on, underbiked for that part. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know about Michigan, but like Utah and Kansas, like I've, I had 45 on for both races and I feel like it was, there was pretty much no road in those, like yeah. they're 90% uh, gravel and there's Here, not in a lot of gnarly sector. Here was the hard thing about the Michigan race. Michigan, 50% road, but the off-road sectors are like deep sand and some of them were so bad that you had to if you were on a gravel bike, you had to get off and run. Mm-hmm. I think you should have done a fat bike, drop bar fat bike, dude. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't. I didn't have. I didn't have to get off my bike. I actually rode the whole course, but but then Alexi started attacking me on the road sections. So okay, so hold on. So let's go back for a sec. So you were you were talking about how the one disadvantage about your mountain bike here is that it's not quite as aero as your gravel bike. Mm-hmm. When's Factor going to come out with an aero mountain bike? I, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tell him to get on oh that. I'll tell him to get on that. <laughs> I mean, that's where we're at today. Yeah. If you're riding a mountain bike in a gravel race, it's got to be aero now. I will say that the this is, you know, this is going to sound like me trying to sell factor bikes, but they do have a really good cable routing system for their mountain bike. And people, <laughs> people, people in mountain biking hate this, but the cables route through the headset 
which means that there's not a lot of exposed cable. Like you don't have a nest of cable on the front of your bike, like typical mountain bike. Are people still running cables? I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. Are we all on wireless now? I mean like uh, hydraulic brake hoses. The one hydraulic brake hose you have to run? (laughs) (laughs) Two. (laughs) Yeah, the front one just goes straight to the fork. (laughs) Sure. All right. Well, let's get back into some big sugar talk here. So this is the last stop in the Grand Prix. Keegan's locked the overall already. So first place is out of out of contention. But where do, where do things stand with the rest of the series? Like our second through ten, right. which is like the rest of the money, is that still up for grabs? It's dead last in the Grand Prix. I might head to bed. That's okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Good flight tomorrow, man. Thank you. Yeah, man. Good seeing you guys. Yeah, thank you for the steak. Yeah. Thank you for the potato. Oh, so working. <laughs> um, I forgot what the question was. What were we talking yeah, about? Yeah, so so our our standing still up for grabs. Like, how close are things in in second through tenth? Yeah, I mean, so here's the thing about this one is that you could easily have a bad race just by having a really bad day mechanically, right? It, you could just get a couple flats and you're, you know, have a bad day. And I mean, yeah, second through 10th could get way mixed up based on that. They're, it's pretty close. What do you think, Adam? I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like where, where, cause where are you stand? Do you have, are you, are you top 10? Could not. Could you get into the top 10 if you had a good result this weekend? I think I will, but, um, yeah. You think you will get into the top 10 after this weekend? No, I think it's very, very, very possible. Okay. Okay. Um, But like you say, Big Sugar is, yeah, yeah, it's unpredictable. Um, Yeah, it's still possible, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know what's happening. Like, I just know that I can get in the top 10, but I think it, it would be just top like 10 really okay. place. Like I really don't know what's happening over that. Gotcha. Yeah. Honest. I yeah. just know Keegan is winning. That's all I know. The, I, I was looking at the points for the top five today and those could totally mix up. Okay. Like, like those, the people in the top five could totally swap places. And do we know, is there anyone from the top 10 that isn't here this week? I mean, you have to be here. Like, right? This, I know they this, they made, they made the race, race mandatory, mandatory but oh, there's someone that doesn't care about them. Then. Yeah, I mean, there's still some riders who are opting to go elsewhere this weekend, but maybe that's because they're out of the top ten. Yeah, that's because yeah. there's no money if you're out of the top. 10. Right. So, yeah, that, that's probably it. I don't. Yeah. I don't see. And I, I don't think the women's series is locked up for for the win. No, theirs is still still yeah, up in the, in the air. Yep. Yeah. Especially because Sophia had to DNF Leadville, yeah. so that was her throwaway. Right. Um, right. And I, I don't remember if anyone else like in the top three, but I think the top three or four women are all super close. Who's winning? Haley? Mm-hmm. Haley's overall right now, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, Lifetime tried to make this event mandatory for all the Grand Prix riders, but it's really just kind of like if you want to be top ten, it's mandatory. Do you think it would have made things more interesting if they just paid out top 30? Do you think that would have attracted more people to come this weekend? No. No, I think, yeah, I, I think you should just pay the guys that are very good. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Because if not, I agree. Like you're going to win yeah. $1,000. Like, we pay how much does it cost <laughs> us just to get here? Sure. Like yeah. It's, yeah. 
I, is there a payout for this race at all? I doubt for it. For the race last, last year, there was not. It wasn't it's the okay. same promoter. Yeah, I mean, most, most of the time, the promoter is unbound, which doesn't pay out. Okay. Yeah. I don't think there is. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine racing your bike 200 miles and you, you're the one that actually does it the fastest and you actually don't get any money for it. That's the spirit of gravel. <laughs> yeah, man. Don't knock on the spirit of gravel. <laughs> right. Yeah. That, there's that, there's the t-shirts that, uh, um, that Ryan Standish sells that it says like mountain biking is the spirit of gravel mm-hmm. dude, except that every mountain bike race pays out. So I think he's wrong there. He's missing, he's missing mountain something. biking is the spirit of gravel. No, it's not. No, dude. And you'll <laughs> see when big sugar gets one on a mountain bike, big sugar is mountain bike is not the spirit of gravel. Mountain bike get angry as much as, <laughs> as gravel people. Um, yeah, I I just don't I just don't think there is spirit. You don't think there's any spirit. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I, I just I don't know. Um why would Munton Mike be the spirit of gravel? I I think what is that shirt trying to say that like mountain bikers are dominating gravel or what? No, 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 it's just a it's just fun, I think. I mean, yeah, it's mountain biking's fun. It's so like Right, they're trying to make gravel fun, but it's like biking is fun, (laughs) (laughs) dude. Okay, so the first episode that we ever did, we were talking about how Unbound wasn't fun, and like the first bit of feedback that I got on this podcast was like somebody saying, like, you know, you shouldn't talk about how Unbound isn't fun, like you know, your listeners, blah blah blah. But it's the whole point. Unbound is is so shitty (laughs) when you experience it that that's why it's so fun to finish. It brings up the value. It's yeah. all about finishing it. Like that's right. why those super long running races are getting popularity. Is that yeah, yeah. your actual experience is so bad. So <laughs> that you're so proud of yourself. So maybe the t-shirt, maybe the t-shirt should be marathons are the spirit of gravel. Marathon running? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like that's the whole reason. <laughs> that's the whole reason people do marathons. Because it sucks so bad, but then you like when you finish, you're like, that was the best thing ever. Yeah, it's like the same exact thing in in gravel. Yeah. No, but I think that this period of gravel wasn't supposed to be something fun, though. I thought the whole point was because it was all about fun. It's about feeling the wind in your hair and the vibes and the and the you know. No, it's that. Yeah, dude. But the earlier, like the earliest gravel riders, like gravel racers, it was it was just supposed to be super gnarly. Like the the, the stories they had from like mm-hmm. the early days of gravel riding or gravel racing, like you know circa uh, 2010 which isn't that long ago but like it was just like the races were just super gnarly like mainly because they were under biked like crazy back then but yeah i mean i think I, I, like if you go to unbound they have posters of the winners of various years in their finishing time if you go far enough back the winners times are like they're they were out there for like 14 hours to win the race. Oh yeah. You know, dude, in 2011, the winners were on a tandem. Yeah. But that and makes sense, sense, man. It was I like 14 or 15 hours. Tandem and gravel world. Yeah. I saw that. And them are strong, man. Yeah. Pete did lose to a tandem. <laughs> so do you think, <laughs> so do, what do you think, what do you think, what do you think's ru- ruining the gravel of spirit more arrow bars or tandems? I don't, I see, I don't think tandem should be allowed because I like, 
I, like I can create a deficiency for Dylan and we go on a tandem and we'll win the unbound. Uh-huh. So why don't you just do that? That'd be a quick way to win. Yeah, you would have to be up for it, but I don't think that's how it works. But uh, mm-hmm. I think it would like, there's literally two guys pushing like on the flat. It makes a big difference. Like, totally. I, yeah, I can draw up like very good guys with my girlfriend. On yeah. The like in basketball, <laughs> <laughs> in basketball, you can't just like, <laughs> what's your girlfriend's FTP? Like 200. Okay. That's actually really good. Is it? For, I mean, I don't know. I always tell her that it's not good. <laughs> what? Dude, that's that's I high. I always tell her like 200, like two times your power. Wow. Yeah. That's what I tell her. And so, seems like a healthy no, relationship. Uh, I mean, <laughs> 200 watts high. 200 watts is, is high. like fairly average for, I mean, I don't know how much does she weigh. for male cyclists. Like uh, 130. Do you tell her she weighs too much as well? No, no, that that I don't. Okay, but, that's um, good. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I really had the feeling it was not. I I I I, re, I, I calibrated the well, power I mean, again like, like ten times. I mean, it's not like you know, that's not like she's, she's not gonna. Yeah, for not being a racer, that's high. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, she's in good form, but it's just my head. I guess two hundred watts for us. It's like you're not even. You're just like cruising, so that's why it's weird, I guess, because she can follow me. Yeah. That's why it's weird because you're like well, oh, you can follow me for three hours. Why yeah. do you like? Why your FTP is two hundred? Like it doesn't make sense. Like do she you really can follow str- you at three hours? At what? What are you doing? Zone two or yeah, just no, yeah, like volume ride. Like let's say I do, I, I'll do do tree with her and do another tree wow. by myself. You know? Dude, if she trains, she. Was, was, well, <laughs> I mean, if she's doing three hour rides, she's sort of training, right? I mean, I mean, she was racing like cross country skiing with me at the high level. Oh, okay. okay. All right. All right. She has gotcha. a motor. She's wow. got an athletic background. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I forgot what we were even talking about before we went on the tangent. Tan- gravel. Tandem bars. Tandem. Yeah. Dude, what if what if there was a tandem that both people had arrow bars? The the but the, the guy at the back didn't change anything, but the the guys that were there, the front guys had. The oh, we did. Bars. Yeah. Dude. Oh, really? Have you have you seen these tandems on the track? Yeah. Like the dude in the back gets like dangerously close to the other oh, yeah. dude's ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's not comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there, I mean, we talked with those guys after the race, and they're like, "It's the first race they actually lost in three years." Really? They, yeah. Really? So they're uh, yeah. Both I mean, Dutch. it makes sense. Yeah, they're both both Dutch, and they just won the world championship. Mm-hmm. And I asked them their FTP, and like both of them have pretty much the same power to weight ratio as me. So it would be like you put two of me on a tandem. Like when we go down, like we would struggle like crazy. So how did they lose to you? I don't understand. I I mean, neither. (laughs) (laughs) They were, and they were helping, like they were with John, like helping each other. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that really messes up the race. I agree with you. The tandem in the... Yeah, because it's hard to even slot back in. Well... If you break away and you've got – and then behind you – The tandem is there, you're done. That's yeah. what I thought about myself. But John attacked the tandem in the uphill. That was his error. You shouldn't have done that. smart. Yeah. Hmm. You definitely want to work with the tandem. Yeah, because the tandem, you're going to drop him – drop them pretty easily going up. up. Yeah. But going down, it's impossible to even like believe you're going to keep a, a gap. Yeah. You're just trying to. That's why Pete was complaining is that he was getting dropped in every downhill. He was getting dropped on yeah. the downhills. He was, yeah, yeah. 
Wow. If he was not behind the tandem and like being able to like keep that speed, like if he was like fourth wheel, mm-hmm. yeah, he would get gap. Yeah, I mean, like, cause yeah. cause the guy in the back's contributing to your overall mass, but he's not contributing anything to your like uh, air like resistance drag because he's like I mean, probably he's a little bit. A yeah, little bit. Like but, that's why they're less fast than just like two people. Put, like it's not like a guy that's pushing an eight hundred. Like I, right. they, they explained to me also that you create a lot of resistance for your um, because you don't pedal as 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 good like mm-hmm. some. Like you don't pedal the same way exactly, so you're like kind of canceling each other's watts. Yeah, yeah. I and I that. feel that when I tend them with my girlfriend, it's, it's like she's only pushing. Yeah, like I, I can literally feel that I cannot like push over 250 watts or something. Yeah. So, so, so some guys I that I know so much tandem experience with your girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. Before, before, <laughs> before she had a bike, we just tend them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so I know some guys from Cork the power meter company uh, that did Leadville on a tandem okay. and their strategy was actually, they synced, they each had a computer and their computer was synced to both people's power meters. So they had a power meter in the front and the back and they would try to make sure that they were doing mm-hmm. equal power the whole time mm-hmm. to try and, I don't know, I guess keep the slack in the chain consistent and not, not cancel each other out. Like you're talking about. Yeah. So the tandem, they told us, so the guy that was at the back, the, 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 the guy that has visual issue, he, he told us that he was cramping on one leg. Mm-hmm. He just unclipped both of his leg and put it in the air. Oh, because if you push 100 Watts, you're canceling more it's, than it's you're worse. contributing. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it was kind of funny because he would like just not pedal when he was cramping. Yeah. So it's actually a bad thing to have two people that are very mismatched in ability on a tandem. Yeah, yeah, could be. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Your 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 person at the back is really not helping you. Yeah. Okay. Especially if they're heavy. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Cool. Anything else you want to talk about? Um. Do we want to do any updates uh, from Daniel? In yeah, his, let's in do updates gravel? from Daniel. Okay. Yeah. So for all of our loyal listeners who've been tuning in each week, we have our loyal listener, Daniel, who's been gung-ho about this, uh, what is it, gravel power rankings by Pure Gravel? Mm-hmm. Uh, so originally, Daniel was trying to set out to... Uh, this is actually perfect because we have the guy who's... He's, he's the overall leader right leading now. ...leading the gravel power rankings here right now. And he can tell us... His secrets to how he... Yeah, so we'll ask you. So Daniel emailed in <laughs> to the show, and he wanted to know if he wanted to just get any gravel power ranking points, mm-hmm. how would he poach races to be able to do that? So like pick the races that would be easiest to get points at. So what's the level of Daniel? I don't know. However, however, whatever level it takes to get points. So the way it works is that you have... So it needs to be a race that that's at least 750 people. So the way the power ranking is built is that it doesn't care at all about the pro field. The thing is that most of the bigger races, they'll have a very good profile. So it kind of kind of care in an indirect way, but it's really about so how much racers they're at the race and the more racer, the more point you can get um, to be to have points, the race has to have at least 750 people in the distances. That's the proper race. So the longest one most of the time, but yeah. some of those races, it's not like that, but most of them. Um, 
and then it goes 30 deep. So you would have to like choose whichever races has a lot of participants, but nobody knows about, or it's really a community races. So I would say like the, the race I did in, um, in, uh, Pennsylvania and I, yeah, yeah. Um, that was called unpaved unpaved is a, like a grand rule type. So you have segment. So this one has over 750. And in terms of level of the pro, I would say like other than Carrie and I, it, it was pr like pretty much wide open. So I okay. would say it was kind of easy to get in the top 30 if you were in okay shape. Okay. Yeah. So Daniel unpaved, maybe that's a good yeah. one to post for next year. Depending so, so then his next question was, he was trying to, he, he like wrote in to ask us cause we like responded. We were like, you know, usually like when you line up, you kind of know who like the mm -hmm. strongest guys are. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and you kind of have an idea ahead of time, like, you know, who's posting what, like what races they're going to be going to and stuff. Mm -hmm. So then his next question was like, how in gravel, how do you determine like who he said, the hitters, you know, like who, who are the top guys? Like who are the strongest guys? And we were like, I don't know. In gravel, you just kind of know. Um, so he was, wasn't satisfied with that he he was determined to figure out a better way to uh like rank who the strongest riders were so daniel has spent upwards of a hundred hours in the last week and a half or two weeks building out algorithms to try and predict mm -hmm. uh gravel results so i don't know if you've ever seen like like road results or cyclocross results like they have these things where like based on your your past race results it can kind of predict the strength of the field and like who might uh, like, you know, what the results might be. So he's come up with like his own gravel prediction algorithms and he's going to use them this weekend to test out which algorithm which is the closest. I, so I should have responded back. Well, I mean, this is how we're responding to him, but this is a terrible race to test that. It's a tough one because the variables. Have, like people are going to have mechanicals right. and that doesn't really give you a clear picture of who is the strongest. It's yeah. And that's what's, that is what's hard about gravel compared maybe to some other disciplines is there's, sure. there is a lot more variability that goes into it, but still like even, I mean, someone would have to have a pretty catastrophic uh, mechanical to take them out of like, you know, the top 30. I, I like, I feel like honestly, other than big sugar and unbound, like there's no other races that are that bad for flats. Like that are those are the two. Really, like yeah. I, I feel like those are the two that are really like like it's gonna be hard to predict the result. I think Unbound is less hard than Big Sugar to predict the result because it's so long. Yeah. That when you're one of the strongest, even if you have a mechanical, you like if you don't pull out, you're gonna eventually get back kind of up there. Like sure. like you say in the top. 20 yeah. or in the top 30 yeah i think big sugar is maybe a little bit weird in that case because it's, it's two times as like it's two times less long and it's as as bad so then if you have something very bad i mean i'm not sure you're going to be able to uh, make it back to the top 20 or something mm. if you're even if you're one of them yeah because it's right yeah only five hours yeah because there's yeah. like depending on how bad the mechanical is like 10 hours you can, it's yeah. going to equal itself a little bit more, but five hours, it's not that long. A lot of, a lot more guys can do well on five hours than on 10. So, yeah. so Daniel has four different algorithms and three of them have Keegan winning, but one of them has you winning this weekend. That's the all three choice. 
Huh? That's that's all. Yeah, just four algorithms. He has four different algorithms. And yeah. that's Keegan Tree and me winning. Why me? Because well, you are like at the top of the gravel gravel power ranking. So clearly, if you use some sort of algorithm, yeah. you're the you're the fastest gravel racer. Yeah, I think that's like I think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I said, Big Sugar is really unpredictable. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I don't know. We haven't dug into any details with Daniel as far as like what the different. Uh, like variables for input that he's used for his mm-hmm. algorithm or anything like that, or how he's weighting it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it might be kind of interesting at some point to maybe we get Daniel on the show and he can tell us all about it once he's got the gravel algorithm figured out. But uh, yeah, we'll have to see how accurate his. Yeah, it'll be are. it'll be interesting to see with with a race like this that's super unpredictable. We'll see if his. Algorithm I wouldn't get is, too discouraged if I was him and sure. it, his algorithm would be bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he said that he, so he he hadn't put last week's race into the um, into the algorithm yet, so like the BWR Kansas, mm-hmm. and I think he was also going to back test it with the BWR Kansas results, mm-hmm. like kind of go back and see if the inputs beforehand would have predicted similar mm-hmm. results. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I guess we'll probably get an update from Daniel next week or something. Yeah. But do you think something like that would be? interesting and useful like do you follow the gravel power rankings at all like is this something that you, you yeah no i think it's amazing i think dude, he's literally leading the gravel power rankings of course he follows it i, I think but, i think that's very like i think with the lifetime it kind of really got really focused on those six big races and i think what lifetime did is amazing for for us as riders um but I think it let out and it kind of put other like races under the radar and people just don't care about them anymore or care less. And I feel like the cool thing about gravel is that you have so much diversity that um, you have the possibility to do so much. And I think the power ranking highlight that is that whoever can like, really be good in every gravel station i mean there's all types of of races like all those races are super super different and they're all super big event and that's kind of the point of it is that you go to really the biggest gravel race you don't go to like whoever pays more everything is just like what's the most popular gravel race what's the yeah. most biggest party and i think yeah i think it's very cool and i hope a more gravel racer kind of take that route it's just that you have to race a lot it's kind of a it's kind of a mix of like you can you have to do good but you also have like quantity and quality counts like yeah 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 Yeah, and that's what so yeah i mean in and we talked about that a little bit like the gravel power ranking is a cumulative Mm -hmm. score right Mm -hmm. so it's like how well you do but also how many races you do kind of like similar to like uci point rankings yeah exactly Um, what and i think what daniel is trying to do different here is develop an algorithm that's more on like what you're average mm-hmm. result or score would be mm-hmm. um so then i don't know like it, it'd just be interesting i guess if this was to come out and be a thing like then you could maybe go on like people go on like cyclocross results and see like you know who's coming to what race mm-hmm. and like predictions and stuff like that and i think it'd be pretty cool i mean i don't think like for us we'd probably use it all that much mm-hmm. like you kind of just race the race like you you know mm-hmm. who's there on the start line mm-hmm. um but for like the everyday rider i think it'd be something that would be valuable for them to use and maybe it's a way that they can like figure like you know, have kind of races within the race. Like, you know, if they beat Sally last time and Sally beat them this time, it's like, okay, now I got to beat Sally for the third time this year because, mm-hmm. you know, we've been so close neck mm-hmm. and neck all season or something like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I think that's the fun part about gravel. I think there's a lot of opportunity to race a very, like, array of different races. And, uh, yeah, I just hope as pro riders, they, most of the guys, like, make an effort at least to race some of those big races that maybe don't have that much attention in terms of a pro field. Um, I think it's a good opportunity for, as a pro, to make content and to win a race, but it's also very fun for the race to have some good riders there for sure yeah yeah like for example like the nepo muck race mm-hmm. that we went to up in north dakota mm-hmm. like the town i mean the race was like so stoked mm-hmm. that you were there mm-hmm. you know like if you weren't there and like i would have won the race because i was second like mm-hmm. it wouldn't have been that big of a deal like mm-hmm. they wouldn't have cared who mm-hmm. i was but like the fact that you were there like a huge name number one in the power rank games mm-hmm. like that was a pretty cool deal um and something like for them like they're probably going to put that race on again next year because like they, they are have, it's they, already on they have it's, hopes uh, that yeah. you know when is it July, ten thousand dollars on the line ten thousand dollars yeah. dude don't that that paid half my mortgage <laughs> that month I, hey, don't tell everybody everybody who's listening to this podcast there's a race called What's it called? It's called the Nepo Nook, Nepo Muck Gnarly. Yeah, and you in could Pisic, North Dakota. You could steal ten thousand dollars from Adam's mortgage yeah. if you go and attend, yeah. and you're faster. It's, than and him. it's it's, a, it's an amazing race. It, it was cool. Yeah, <laughs> I, it wasn't amazing. I mean, we had some weird condition. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah, it was. It, I mean, it was gnarly. We did talk about that race on the podcast. Oh yeah, I think that's yeah. when I was trying to get you on, or maybe it was another time. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. But There's that. I mean, I made a small YouTube videos if you want to check it was, it out. Yeah, online. it was a great video. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, go check out Adam's Nepo Muck Gnarly recap video. It was yeah. pretty cool. No, it was cool. My girlfriend was filming in a cell phone in the four-wheeler or something yeah. like that. And it, it kind of turned out pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. had some good clickbait. Like on Instagram, there was a video of you running with your bike. And it said something like, about the race this weekend. Yeah, that was all my girlfriend making my reels for one week, and I got 10 times more engagement than in all my life. (laughs) (laughs) It's because I, yeah, yeah. I like YouTube, but Instagram for me is a struggle to, like, put that time on. Yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 But, yeah, I mean, like you're saying, I mean, there's just so many of those races in it. And and I agree. I think it's, like, having, you know, a few sprinkles of top riders come to some of those more local races is what kind of keeps the gravel scene going. That's probably the gravel. There's one spirit... It's to try the race, like it's to really go to the races to kind of explore what the race is about. And races, ra- race the race how you want to race it. I don't care. But like, I think that's what's cool about gra- like gravel. Like from road, I'm really missing the, the team aspect. But I feel like that team aspect is kind of replaced by how unique are all the, the places I get to visit and all the events. Like it doesn't get boring for that. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Sweet. Well, let's wrap it there. Yeah. Finally figured out what the spirit of gravel was. You did. (laughs) You did. All right. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.